This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm honored to be talking to Laura Thomas with Nat Geo Wild. We'll be right back after these messages. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm really excited to be able to talk to Laura Thomas today with Nat Geo Wild. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today on ER Vet. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So give us a little bit of background about who you are. Now, we connected on the TV show Nat Geo Wild, Animal ER Live, but I would love to hear and introduce you to our listeners and give us a little background about how you got interested in animals and what you do for Nat Geo Wild. Sounds good. Thanks. Yes, I have been with Natio Wild for about I've been with Natio for 19 years. Natio Wild hasn't even been around that long, but the channel was started about about 20 years ago, and I've been doing research for them since then. So, I work on shows that are going to air on our channel, and I review them for accuracy and balance and make sure they're really good for our brand. So, I have over the course of the last 19 years learned a tremendous amount about just about every animal under the sun. And I also have a a degree in zoology. So I've been and I've been fairly animal obsessed since I was a kid. I have two rescue dogs. So animals are basically 90% of my life at this point. Absolutely love it. And I will disclose that when Dr. Will Draper and I were filming on Nat Geo Wild. Laura was in my ear and was instrumental in just making sure that we were spot on with uh, medical accuracy, which is so important when we're conveying important information to pet owners out there. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to check in with you and interview you for ER Vet is because we had some amazing conversations about the role that people have when it comes to rescuing animals. And I know you're really passionate about saving animals. I want to hear, first of all, about your trip that you took with Dr. Draper. Do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about what you guys did in the Dominican Republic, how you helped as a non-veterinary professional, and what some roles are that could be great volunteer opportunities in the future? 
Absolutely. So I met, as you said, Dr. Will Draper, who's another fantastic veterinarian on the set of Animal ER Live, where I had the privilege of working with you as well. And you two were just an incredible team helping us to understand the medical procedures that we were watching live on our channel. It was just a really fantastic show. And Will, during the course of shooting, said that he he told me that he goes every year to the Dominican Republic to help a team of veterinarians spay, neuter, vaccinate, and otherwise do surgeries on local dogs and cats and horses. And I said, is there any reason that you would be interested in taking someone who's not a vet or vet tech? And he said, yeah, I think we could do that. So he hooked me up with Carrie McColgan, who is the CEO and head of Project Semana, which is an incredible organization. They go three times a year to the Dominican Republic, and they work on dogs, cats, and horses in both urban and rural settings at no cost to the owners. And this really helps with population control in places where animals are often not spayed and neutered. So for me, as I, as you said, I'm a passionate animal rescue and animal welfare advocate. And to me, this is some of the most important work that can be done in areas where animals are overpopulated because overpopulation leads to a decline in animal welfare. It it often leads to animals just ending up on the street without any food or or resources. So I think this is really important work. I really wanted to do it, but I wasn't sure if I would actually be useful to the team given that I don't have any veterinary skills. I mean, I've seen enough veterinary shows that I feel like in a pinch, I could probably neuter a dog. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no way I could do that. But I've seen it so many times that I sort of have an understanding of what vets do. But obviously, I have no skills to offer in this arena. So I showed up for this trip just really hoping I wasn't going to get in the way. But it turned out there were a lot of things that needed to be done during the course of this pop-up clinic that had nothing to do with medical skills. So I speak some Spanish and I was able to help run the clinic and help get people from the village in touch with the clinic and able to communicate with the doctors in the clinic. I was able to help them translate what the problem was with their dog or whether or not this dog has been vaccinated previously. I was able to help bring supplies to the vets when they needed them and make sure that the stations I was working in were stocked and animals were moving through. And so I actually felt really useful. And by the end of the first day, everyone that was there expressed gratitude for me being there because I was able to sort of take a load off of their plate so they could focus on actually doing the medical care that I wasn't able to do. So I feel like this is something I've been interested in for years. How can I, as a non-medical professional, professional get involved in travel and animal welfare. Like Vets Without Borders does this. There are a lot of organizations that do this. And I feel like there is a role that people can play as long as they're willing to just sort of get their hands dirty. I mean, I was covered in poop and vomit and blood (laughs) half the week. So I was willing to get my hands dirty and actually just be there for the people doing the hard work and do whatever they needed me to do. And it, it actually worked out beautifully. And I felt like I had a real role to play. A lot of people are animal rescuers. They volunteer in different ways. But this was just such a unique way of really teaming up with a veterinarian to be able to do this. What are some other, and again, I know you're so passionate about animal rescue. What are some other more traditional opportunities that people may not think about how they can help out? 
Right. So I actually also uh, occasionally go to my local humane society to walk dogs, which is something that just about anyone can do. It takes an hour or so to get trained. And these dogs in the shelters are stuck in their cages all day while they wait to get adopted. And they really need to get out, get socialized, have contact with people and get walked. So that is a super easy one that I think anyone can do in almost any community. If you want to get a little deeper, you can foster a dog, which I've done. And it's really incredible, an incredible experience. I was actually what's called a foster failure and ended up adopting the dog that I was going to foster because I fell in love with her. But that's really good work. And then I, you know, I also found I'm trying to get a dog adopted that I met in Dominican Republic that was a street dog. And it was just so affectionate and beautiful and lovely that I just wanted to get it off the streets. So I found an incredible family in New York City that wants to adopt it. And I'm in the process of filling out paperwork and getting the dog to the United States. So I posted on Facebook, who can, can anyone help me raise the money necessary to get this dog to the US? And I raised $250 within half an hour to get the dog to the US. And I realized in doing that, that there are plenty of people that want to help out with this kind of work, but can't actually go to the DR and can't actually get their hands dirty. And Project Samana and other organizations like it, and even just people who rescue dogs all need monetary help. So if you even have $5, you can toss at an organization like that. It's an incredible help. Or someone you know who fosters dogs, you could just bring them some dog food or some a collar and a leash that you're not using anymore. There are just so many ways to get involved. I love that. And I know that before I entered my training as a veterinarian, I did the same exact things. I walked dogs at the animal shelter near me. I made sure just to socialize cats. So I would hang out in the cat ward at the shelter and play with them just to get them more used to humans, especially for cats that were feral. And more traditional ways are typically volunteering at veterinary clinics. And I will say there are typical age limits on it. Most veterinary clinics won't allow anyone less than 13 because of insurance purposes. But I think it's so important if you're even thinking about a veterinary career, uh, it's really important to be able to shadow a veterinarian. And what I love about what you do is you're so passionate about it and you're able to utilize your skill set in zoology and animal rescue in ways that a lot of people don't think about. So again, talk to your veterinarian. There's a lot of trips out there. I know when I talked to Dr. Draper, the fact that you could speak Spanish was so helpful, especially in the Dominican Republic. And it's always nice to be able to make sure that we're providing good quality care to places, other countries that don't have the same quality that we do. I know Absolutely. There, yeah, I know another simple way is by just simply neutering or spaying your dog or cat or keeping right. your cat indoors. That is one way that we actually can help reduce pet overpopulation. And a lot of people say, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time to do it. And before you know it, your cat has one litter and you have to find a home for you know seven to eight kittens. And if they don't get spayed and neutered, I think we crunched the numbers on the TV show. One cat can result in you know thousands of kittens. And so making sure that we take the time to be good animal rescuers ourselves and practicing what we preach 
Now, what are some other opportunities that you found in your life that gave you opportunities to be able to even work on Nat Geo Wild or animal related shows or opportunities uh, with your training? Right. So it's actually just been an extraordinary privilege to work for Nat Geo Wild. And one thing I've been able to do there since, as I said, I've worked on, for example, a lot of veterinarian shows is I've been able to work with the producers and really talk through, for example, what kind of context do we need to give to our viewers if we see an owner that has a pet monkey? You know, so we, if a veterinarian's treating a sick monkey, obviously that's great that the, the monkey's able to get the vet care, but maybe we need to also let the viewers know that monkeys often get sick in captivity and they're often stressed in captivity because it's just a hard place for them to live. And so I have just felt really grateful to be able to include that kind of messaging in the shows that I've worked on. And it's it's not just exotic animals like monkeys. It's, you know, teacup pigs, which I'm sure you know all about. You know, people think they can buy a teacup pig and it's only going to be 15 pounds. Well, most of those pigs end up being 50 pounds or 100 pounds or even more sometimes. So just I, I've really enjoyed the process of educating viewers just so they have more information in their brain when they go to buy a non-dog or non-cat pet. And that has been one thing I've been super passionate about and hope to continue to do throughout my career. Since I have one of your CDs, you have to give us a little bit of background about your band too. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks. Uh, yeah, for 10 years, I lived in New York and I had a band called the Laura Thomas Band. And that was also just an absolute blast. Uh, and I have five albums out that you can get on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to music. The most recent one's called Little Bones, and that's the one I like the most. I'm not going to tell you the name of the first one because I really hope no one finds that one. <laughs> but it was so much fun playing with just incredible musicians in the Laura Thomas Band. It became kind of exhausting because the music industry has changed so much since I started playing music and people don't buy music very much, which means the, the musicians don't make a whole lot of money anymore. So I don't play professionally as much as I used to, but I really am proud of the albums that I put out and I play shows every now and then. And you're very sweet to ask about that. Thank you. I absolutely love it. It's a part of my Zen meditation when I'm driving to work or back from a stressful day at the ER vet. Now, we'll continue with our really cool topic about how we can help animal rescue, even if we're not a veterinary professional, right after these messages from our sponsors. Do you have an accident-prone dog or cat? Well, if your dog or cat goes into the ER for an emergency, it's often unexpected and can be expensive. Well, here's something that can help. USO is a community-based cost-sharing health coverage plan for pets. Community is at the heart of USO, where members commit to help one another when their pets have unexpected health needs. USO isn't an insurance or a provider, but it's a platform that allows members to share expenses together safely and secretly. So what's part of USO's secret sauce? Complete transparency on where their users' money is going. USO members pay a flat subscription fee, $17 a month, plus a portion of shareable expenses. That flat subscription fee covers the use of the platform. And the monthly shareable expenses, which will never exceed $48 a month, will vary depending on how many expenses are submitted by the group that month. Save over 80% compared to traditional pet insurance by paying a flat subscription fee. For more information, go to USO.com. That's E-U-S-O-H.com. Use promo code PETLIFE. 
and get your first two months free at uso.com, E-U-S-O-H dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet. We're talking to Laura Thomas, who is a National Geographic Wild Research Manager. And what we've been talking about are unique opportunities where non-veterinary professionals could help with animal welfare or animal rescue. And I know a lot of people are always interested in this. We just talked about how she had an amazing trip with Dr. Will Draper volunteering in the Dominican Republic, helping spay and neuter and reduce pet overpopulation. We've talked about ways from just volunteering at your animal rescue locally, whether or not it's donating supplies. Some of the biggest supplies they need are often newspapers, which they often use to line cages, some blankets that you may not use anymore, towels, even leftover dog or cat food, cat toys. I've had a lot of elementary schools actually donate a lot of handmade cat toys. So these are great opportunities to get your whole school involved or your children involved. Just walking some of the dogs out there, spending time in a cat ward to help socialize the cats, making sure that we're responsible pet owners, whether or not it's spaying and neutering our own pets or keeping our cats indoors to reduce killing of wildlife or reducing them getting pregnant and having an extra litter of kittens is an easy way of making sure that we're protecting our pets. So a lot of creative ways that Laura's done in the past and that you can do when it comes to animal rescue and animal welfare. Make sure to check all the great resources that are out there on the internet. I know Best Friends Animal Sanctuary out in Utah lets people volunteer for several weeks and they do several different opportunities. You can volunteer with just the donkeys or with the potbelly pigs or with just the dogs or cats. So again, a lot of amazing opportunities out there. And I would also say I have been a foster failure like you, Laura. (laughs) I know what it's like to be a foster failure. If you're interested in being a foster, that means that you are going to help care for some type of animal, most commonly a dog or cat. Now, as a veterinarian, I do have to warn you about a couple of things. The first one is like Laura and myself, you oftentimes may be a foster failure. So you might end up adopting that pet, which is totally okay. But a couple of key things that I've seen mistakes made when people do fostering. I had a colleague who had their own 19-year-old cat who lived in a high-rise apartment in New York City who ended up getting really sick and hospitalized for about three to four days because they were fostering a young kitten. And that older cat hadn't been vaccinated in over a decade. And that older cat ended up getting something called feline panleukopenia. That's really similar to canine parvovirus. And we've had an episode on that before on ER Vet. So if you do decide to foster, please make sure that you talk to your veterinarian about keeping your cat or your dog, your own one, healthy. You want to make sure that they're up to date on their vaccines. You want to make sure to quarantine them for a couple of days to make sure the foster doesn't spread any upper respiratory infections or ringworm or other diseases to your own pets. So definitely check with your veterinarian. When I fostered a kitten, it ended up giving my husband, myself, my 13-year-old cat, and my dog, horrible ringworm. So yeah, so there are definitely side effects you want to talk to your vet or your medical doctor about. But 
fantastic opportunities out there. Laura, any last tips you want to leave with us when it comes to helping our uh, dogs and cats and other four-legged creatures out there? You have just given such good advice. I just would love to throw out one more pitch for Project Samana. If you are looking for a way to help, they are always taking donations. You can find them online and they just do such incredible work. And if there's anyone else out there who needs volunteers to travel abroad that are not veterinary professionals, let me know because I have a lot of friends who are interested in doing this kind of work. So I'm happy to hook you up with happy volunteers willing to spend their money to go help you. Wonderful. Thank you. And I can definitely vouch for Laura as the most amazing person to work with ever. Aw, thanks. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at drjustinelee, or email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Laura Thomas for joining us today, and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.